Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to whatever episode this is of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McKeady. And this episode has been super highly requested, as I expected. Um, a few years ago on this podcast, I did a Pam and Tommy Lee episode that people still ask me about a lot. I think that it's probably one of the more popular episodes of this show. So I knew as soon as that that show premiered, I was like, this is going to be a thing that I need to talk about. And I'm really, really, really excited about my guests. I'm here with Ashley and Claire from the Celebrity Memoir Book Club podcast. I could never say the fucking, every time I try and say it on, on like mic, it's just jumbles. It jumbles. <laughs> Do you know that what our old podcast was? Cause I'm always shocked when people struggle, everyone struggles with the name. And I, to me, I'm like, is this is the easiest title we've ever had for a podcast? Cause our first <laughs> podcast was, hold on one second. We we're talking about Britney Spears. <laughs> and so then to me, I'm like, well, Celebrity Memoir Book Club, that's just four words and yeah. 20 syllables. <laughs> It's because I have to think to say memoir. And then when I think about it, it throws off the, the end of the sentence. That's what it is. Yes. I, I fuck up everything. So I, I understand. <laughs> well, how are Thanks. you guys? Good. How are you? I'm good. I actually just, uh, I just watched, like I hadn't really watched any of this show. Um, I had been kind of putting it off because I wanted to binge it. And mm-hmm. I just watched all of it. So it's like very fresh in my mind and I have many thoughts and I just am anxious to hear what you guys think about it because I know you have a lot of hot takes about Pam and Tommy Lee. So for the listeners who don't know personally, um, we did just read Tommy Lee's memoir. So, mm-hmm. and then we watched the show for our Patreon. I st- I watched as much as was out when the Patreon was recorded so that was four episodes and then like I refused to continue to watch it because I was very angry and underwhelmed by the show personally but yeah. so that's, that's what knowledge is I was both over and underwhelmed by the show I feel like it is overwhelming in how underwhelming it is like I was very stressed out by everything about it I think it's so like blown out so overdone but then overall like the point they're making like bothers me so much yeah, I guess what would you say as somebody who's watched everything so far, what would you say their point is? You know, <laughs> I don't really know if I could pick, if I could pinpoint what story they're really trying to tell, if I'm being honest. Um, coming into it, I was already a little apprehensive because I knew that it was going to be just like a bullet point. Like, what did Rolling Stones say happen? So like, that's what this will be about. You know what I mean? What did like the globe say happened 20 million years ago that is our story and it is very much that it's the it's the like sort of fairy tale version of this thing that uh is actually just like so fucking dark and disturbing and really gross it's like the pop culture version of the story you know what I mean and I hate that I I just think personally I don't know if they advertise it this way, but very much in the zeitgeist right now is the rehabilitation and apologizing to women of that era for how we treated them. And mm-hmm. Pam Anderson, almost, I don't want to say above Britney, but like is in the ranks of Britney in terms of women that we absolutely ridiculed for wanting to jerk off to. Mm-hmm. And the f- fact that they didn't write it to that perspective, I think well, it was a huge thing. I think they know it was a mistake and they're trying to pretend that, it, I think they're, they, if you ask them, they're like, oh no, no, this is an ode to Pam, but it's strictly not. That's what I'm saying is they are saying that, like they are literally in interviews and like the press around it. Like, so clearly the PR pitch of this show that they've been shopping around when it comes to like writing about the show is like doing right by Pam. Like that's mm-hmm. the angle that they've been pushing is that this is a show that like does right by her that like tells her story and like makes it clear I like really think because also if you look at it the show is made by a bunch of dudes there's one woman who has a credit I think as like a producer or creator and it's because no, she like, well, wrote- like Ralph was directed an episode okay yeah but like in terms of the creation of the show there's one woman credited mm-hmm. and it's because she wrote the article that was like a couple years ago there was an article that was like we did Pam dirty and like they kind of 
use that as like source material for the show. And so she has like a credit, but she wasn't heavily a part of the creative process. So it's all these dudes. And I think that they think that by saying like, you know, there's the one line in the show where he's like, we're both on that tape. And then Pam is like, no, you're not on the tape the same way that I'm on the tape. Mm-hmm. I think they think that that was enough. They do. I, I I will tell you that I do believe that they think that that was enough. And I think that her saying like, well, no, like you don't get it. Like it's different for me because I'm a woman. Like that's them doing the work. And yes. also, you know, there was this, I don't know how far both of you got into it, but there was a scene in a more recent episode where she's talking to her lawyer and her lawyer is like, well, why did you agree? She basically, they show Pam getting bullied by the lawyers into agreeing to like take this to trial and her agreeing to do that makes the story blow up and like that's kind of what gives it like the steam to become like this worldwide phenomenon and her lawyer is like well why did you agree to do it and she's like honey like you need to start like learning how to say no to a room full of men and Pam's like easy for you to say and she's like honey I do it all day it's like oh is this like your ball busting fucking fairy godmother like it's just very like lazy to me well, can I say something that I would say is I feel like they do think that they made Pam a three-dimensional humanized character by giving her that backstory of like getting bullied at work and how she really wants to be more than just a sex object. And they made her very sweet and endearing. Like you do feel for her. She's a very sympathetic character. And I think that they think that that's as far as a woman can be. Like they're like, she's not just hot. She's hot and has a heart of gold. But what I was saying on our Patreon is that's still a very much male fa- gaze fantasy. It's very much the stripper yes. who's the way through college. Like they didn't actually get her outside of the male gaze. She's now just a Even girl. hotter. She's not just somebody you want to fuck. And now she's somebody you want to date. Like she's still like this male ideal of a woman who's like, she's not a slut. She really wants to do a monologue. And I'm like, this is still so disrespectful. It's like, she's still like not a person to you. She's still just like somebody that yeah. you fuck and then also get brunch with. Like her singing the song in The King and I. Like it's it's like, oh, she's so sweet. She's so angelic. Like yeah, she's, she's not more an than evil just... slut anymore. She's a sweet slut, slut now. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. like, that's what they think they d- doing women justices. Yeah. I mean, they really did her so dirty with the show because once again, like Pam didn't want the show made. And I, someone commented on one of our videos being like, well, they tried to meet with her. And like, why would she, like, if she knew the show was getting made anyway, why wouldn't she like help? And it's like, uh, okay, what? I have some, a couple <laughs> things to say. First of all, point one or A or whatever. Um, she so they're also doing this thing where they're trying to like, they're like, hey, like we've learned over the last 20 years that Pam's smart too. So not only is she sweet and hot, she's smart and she reads books. I mean- She's so political. I mean, it's like what she's doing is what I've always said, if you had said in the nineties that Pamela Anderson would go on to be helping like Julian Assange and what's the other one? Jenny McCarthy would go on to cause a global pandemic. Right. <laughs> their anti-box theories. No, yeah, <laughs> they're like- a Scientist in many ways in some communities. <laughs> they're like trying to say that like, you know, all along she was this really smart person and we didn't know. And they're doing that by showing her like, I guess having like little quippy responses to men like every once in a while, like the thing about, you know, this, the monologue or like, you know, there's a moment where she like back talks the lawyers and they really make it a point to show like, no, Pam's like, she can hold her own for a second with these lawyers. It's like- It's almost more condescending to do that. It is, it is <laughs> yes, I mean, that little thing like, exactly, I 100% agree. That whole thing where it's like, she's not stupid. She knows who Jane Fonda is. And it's like, oh, wow, you expect nothing from women. Yes, and it's right. also the thing is like, once again, my other point overall is that I actually don't, think if they are going to make this series if they like oh that's the other thing I was going to say is like I feel like by being like we're actually aware that this was a sex crime they think that they're like doing something do you mm-hmm. know what I mean they're like mm-hmm. hey listen like circulating a sex tape like that is bad right does Seth Rogen ever get mm-hmm. villainized is there ever a reckoning that what he did is like morally questionable I mean not really like they're 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 painting the story like I said in like the very like sort of pop culture through like a pop culture lens of like Vinny did this and then this happened and then according to MTV news this happened like it's very sort of like bullet point bullet point bullet point but I almost disagree with you because the way that they wrote out that character of giving him the backstory of his parents were divorced and his dad was an asshole and he had he like he's the theologian like you would never guess it a carp I mean they're almost comparing him to Jesus he's a carpenter with like 
dreams of pacifism but and like he, he got so smart fucked too. over he didn't have power and tommy money yeah. is no object to tommy like and anyway but what i was gonna say is i actually think that overall they didn't if they weren't gonna paint her I guess what I'm saying is I don't think that she should have to be painted as a, like they did a bad job making her like a real character, but I also don't even think she has to be like a three-dimensional, smart, sweet, funny girl to, to like not deserve to have her sex tape circulated. Do you know what I mean? Like all this stuff, right. of, like, look at all these things about her. Like she doesn't deserve to be treated like this. And it's like, yeah, Nobody no one does. Yeah. Like even right. if she was just like a girl who like ran around in her bathing suit and like didn't want to be viewed as anything more than that and didn't care to be viewed as anything more than that like she still doesn't deserve to be treated like that well plus it's like okay sure so you want to like you want to like sort of flesh out her personality and show all these different facets of who she is or whatever fine like but like even that like if you are going to do that you're doing a really 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 shitty job of it like they're not even talking about the fact that she was involved in like animal rescue and like I know what PETA is because of Pam Anderson I know what like animal rights activist groups are because of Pam like as a kid that grew up in the 90s like she was that person and they're not even talking about it it would be so easy to mention it it's like if you're going to do that, you can do it by, there's more to her personality than like a random quippy response to a lawyer every once in a while. Like, are I you mean, also the thing, even that scene of her with her best friend in Mexico, when she's like, oh, nothing will happen with Tommy. And then her friends like rattling off all the other boyfriends. Like the most background info we get on her is like, well, this is her pattern. This is who she is. This isn't, you know what I mean? Like she yeah. is just a girl who dumb assholes and like, as if it was her fate to end up like this. I don't know. It was fun. And I think, I wonder when it was written, because I do feel it was, it's very preemie too, to not see a sex tape as out and out violence because, or circulating a sex tape as like revenge porn violence, because I mean, if you do the math, when, when did the Me Too thing really break like 2018? I don't know, maybe not, but it just feels very unaware culturally of where we're at in terms of like morality to be like, I mean, he should have stolen everything else in the safe. Fine. Get your money back. I don't care. But he didn't sure. need to go the extra mile. He could have sold all those guns for a lot of money. I also wanted to add to the point that you'd made earlier about um about you know her, Pam like not meeting with them, so it's her fault or whatever that it's not being per- perceived the right way. And I feel this way just generally about all of these women that we're like revisiting. It's like it's not Brittany or Janet or anybody's responsibility to be on the same wavelength as like a nation that is 20 years behind. Like, this is wow. her trauma. She went through the fucking thing. Just because she's not, like, receptive to this fucking FX show, who cares? Like, this is literally about her life. And, like, if I'm, if I were her, I'd be like, sorry, it took you half of my lifetime to know that this was wrong. Yeah. yeah. And it's I very, like, when someone... are like, if you were assaulted, why didn't you go to the police? And it's like, I don't know, this could, this is just as humiliating. Like there is yeah. no difference in reliving it today than there was in her experiencing it the first time, except for maybe she has more tools to deal with it because she can see it coming. But like- Also it's almost worse still now. Go look up that sex tape. This is just like people are, she's gonna be watched having sex again this time, even though it was probably forgotten for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think she had done so much to establish herself as like an animal rights activist, as like so many other things. And now all of a sudden, all she is again is Pamela Anderson from the sex tape. And so I do think that that's really fucked up that they did that. I got into an argument with someone else in the comments where I I said it was psychotic that they did this without her permission. And they were like, why is it psychotic? People do docuseries about shit all the time. Like, I don't understand, like, or not docuseries, but like these kinds of retellings so frequently that they were like, they don't owe her that. And I'm like, you're right. Legally, like people, this is one of my biggest problems with like the internet and like TikTok commenters is I'll like say something about someone being sucky and they'll be like, well, they didn't break any laws. Like John Mayer and Taylor Swift, they'll be like, it wasn't illegal for a 19 year old to date a 30 something year old. And it's like, yeah, it's not illegal. Not every time, like every time you break the law is not even always doing something bad. Like morals aren't aligned with laws. I don't know why people don't know that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I feel like we're probably aligned on like the Britney Spears thing. Like once the New York Times uh, docuseries came out about Britney, every other video or movie that came out about her didn't add new information. It didn't help her. It just was exploiting her the way that they were seeing somebody be exploited. It's so weird the way that like people can't, they can change the victim or the medium, but they can't change like the central premise of ultimately somebody's making a ton of money off of one woman's humiliation. 
Right, or like even changing the vocabulary that you use to talk about it doesn't mean that it's not yeah. harmful. Like it's yeah. it's harmful to be tracking Britney Spears every fucking day and like monitoring everything she does and having a timestamp of every time she goes outside and then being like, oh, she's free. Thank God, bless her. Like you're not doing anything different than what we did 10 fucking years ago. You were literally doing the thing that we just watched a documentary about and you're doing it again. I don't I mean, get it. Yeah, having a documentary of all the images of her lowest that was used to turn the country against her. Like, yeah, yeah we're not being vicious this time, but we are still like watching someone's exploitation and like rock bottom on a Friday night for fun in a way that we can check in and check out. Can we talk about the Tommy Lee of it all? Yes. Let's talk about Tommy, Tommy Lee. Lee. I can't stand that guy. What the hell is this narrative in this show about Tom, of Tommy Lee, that he's just like this fun-loving, silly guy who like on occasion can be an asshole. Like, no, like Tommy Lee is a violent, sadistic fucking psychopath who like to- basically tortured her. And like, even just the way that they presented him going to meet her, it's like they yes. left out the fact that he was traveling with a suitcase full of dildos and sex toys to use on her when she told him not to come because that's a part of the fucking story. But he was essentially stalking the shit out of her. He was stalking her. Or like, that he dropped her. Yes. How about the okay. fact that she claimed she did not know she was on ecstasy, which I agree. Somebody questioned that and I was like, look, I've never done E before. If I was drinking a lot and I was having a really good night, I don't think I would assume it was anything other than like a couple of drinks of alcohol. Right. I, I think if I didn't know I took E, I wouldn't I just assume I'm taking E. The way that he literally drugged her and then she thought she was just having a good time and married him four days later is truly one of the sickest things I've ever seen. And the fact that it doesn't get acknowledged in the show and they make a show out of showing her, like making the decision to give it herself, like to drug herself basically. Like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? The way in the show, he walks over, he hands her a pill. She contemplates like whether or not she should take it. And then she puts it in her own mouth. That's so different than what happened in real life. According to his own book. Right. Like, also, I'm sorry, but if you're going to revisit, you cannot have a talking penis involved in a TV show about domestic abuse and say that you're doing anybody any good. Like, yeah, that's not a What joke. the hell? I mean, this movie, this just was like, I really do believe that this is one of those things that somebody had a vision for it. It got made really fun. And then one person was like, oh, fuck, we shouldn't roll it out as fun. But yeah. it is like, it's meant to be like a Silly. fun- It's so funny. It doesn't have any like hindsight acknowledgement. It really is what that girl thought it would be, which is just like a fun nostalgia show. That's what they're pitching to us. But unfortunately, we know better. Yeah. Right. And also, it's just like this idea that like, that Tommy, I'm just, I'm, I'm more blown away, honestly, like, I'm almost not as shocked by the, the, the way that they decided to show Pam because it does kind of feel like a bunch of guys just being like, let's make her smart this time. Like they're idiots. The Tommy Lee repainting, I'm just like, whoa, like they really have turned him into this like fun loving guy. And like they- because we read his memoir and in it he barely brings up alcohol he barely brings up drugs like he paints himself as he calls himself considerate multiple times and he like will be like all neighbors think I'm so considerate like all I ever do is love people I have great parents they're still married I just want to be in a relationship I love my boys so and I could tell that he was an asshole and lying because he claimed the only reason he was thrown in jail for the Pam thing was because he like kicked her kicked her in the butt and she broke a nail yeah, he's like, and they have photos. She did, in fact, break a nail. And I knew that, I'm like, I don't think that they sent you to jail over. And he's like, I was wearing slippers. It was just a kick in the bum, is what he called it, a kick in the bum. bum. Um, because okay. she was being, and she hit him first. That's what he said. He, she hit him first. He kicked her in the bum, and then she broke a nail because he wanted to go for a walk with the babies. And I knew that wasn't true, but I don't know like the extent of it because I could tell that his own memoir was so warped. That whole situation was a full blown like all day do- like domestic violence thing where he was like basically beating her up all day and then she called her mom to come and like save her basically and he got mad at her for calling her mom and she was holding their baby and like one of the things about Tommy Lee and I think he does admit this in the book tell me if I'm wrong but he does talk about how he had become very jealous of his children 
Yes. He mentions it like once. He, but he mentions it in a way where he, he says, Jesse goes, why can't we all be number one? Make no, but for me. One thing that's really important is he says, Pam, let our relationship fall to the wayside. It's not necessarily about like being jealous of his children, but he's like, I wasn't getting enough attention. Pam made it so that the kids came first and I came second. And that like, I think that le- like leading it with Pam did blah, blah, blah is so fucking crazy. I also want to point out that he says he divorced and cheated on Heather Locklear because she didn't want to have kids. And so once she made it clear she didn't want to have kids, he emotionally checked out of the relationship. And then that's why he cheated. But he had never, he claims he's never cheated on anyone except for that time because emotionally the relationship was over because she didn't want to have children. Three years later, he has two kids with Pam. And then she lets their relationship go by the wayside because she's prioritizing their children were had like one year apart. So she had a like, a 15 month old and like a three month old or something. Do you know what I mean? She had yeah. little babies and she was working seven days a week because she was shooting Baywatch all week and barbed wire on the weekends. So she was working seven days a week. She had two children under two and he was worried about how much time he was getting is what he says in the book. He kicked her in her back because she was holding their baby and he was in, she was holding their kid and she was running upstairs to lock herself in a room to get away from him. And he kicked her, he was kicking her up the stairs over and like he kicked her a bunch of times so he was like kicking her down to like not get upstairs like that is such a fucking lie i mean while she was holding a kid yeah their kid oh oh my god i have to know exactly what he says in his memoir so in the memoir he claims what happened is they were having a perfectly nice day they just started making dinner and he goes we weren't drinking we weren't drunk we were totally fine he goes we were great and randomly someone said something and we got into a fight and Pam went to call her mom and he goes, Pam's mom had been over a ton. And I just want to be alone with Pam and our kids. So I kept saying, please don't call your mom. Please. He says specifically, please don't call your mom. Please don't call your mom. Please don't call your mom. Hanging up the phone. And she sucker punched him in the jaw for no reason. And then ran away. And as she was running away, he kicked her in the bum just because he was so emotional. And then they went into the playroom where the kids were and she was like screaming, get away from the kids. He goes, and I was upset because my wife had just hit me for no reason. She had just sucker punched me. So I just want to take my kid and go for a walk. And she kept saying, you can't take the kid. So I just took my own son back. And in taking the son, her nail broke. Wow. And then at one point, at one point, the son, because, because she was like rustling the kids around and but she, she like, on him. He he on pushed her, like, her out of the way and the kid like hit his head. Her, her I am in shock right now. Yeah, he's out of his fucking, Tommy Lee is out of his fucking mind. And so like, I knew that was true, but like- I didn't to realize to the extent. How bad it is, is insane. Yeah, she, and she had even said that he, she found out that he had basically tricked her and she felt very tricked by him that he had pretended to be this sweet guy. But like really quickly, she found out that he was like pretty fucking psychotic. Like, and they're making it seem, it's like this slow build. Like I'm on episode, I mean, it's episode six. And it's been this like slow build up to him being abusive. Like so far, he's not been abusive at all. He's only been supportive of her career and building her up. It's like, what are you talking about? He stalked her to Mexico and then drugged her. Like it started abusive. Right. Also, so in his memoir, he brings Pam in at the beginning to tell her side of the story of how they met. But it's done very playfully. Like, you remember it one way, I remember it one way. Yeah, whatever. But then she does not get to say her side of the story for the domestic violence dispute. But right. one thing she points out is he goes, you know, I was single. I wasn't looking for anybody. I was fresh off my Heather Locklear divorce when I met Pam. And she goes, no, you were at the club with Bobby Brown, who you were engaged to. Fuck, man. Like, That's he had so Bobby. He had her name tattooed on his neck. Yeah. And I'll, I mean, like, the, the fact that he stalked her to Mexico with a suitcase full of sex toys is, like, the craziest. Like, that alone is one of the craziest things I've ever heard. And everybody was like, well, it's Pam. So, yeah, like, she would be receptive to him kicking her fucking hotel room in with a, a suitcase of dildos to use on her when she didn't even know that he was coming. Like, I just think the way that the show, like, I mean, I get that they had, like, a passionate early relationship because he like drugged her into making her think it was passionate and she probably I mean she to this day says in interviews that he like that she loved him but like I don't that's it just is so insane that it like started that abusive it started with like drugging and stalking and then in the show it is so sexual oh that was the other thing I wanted to say about the show if they wanted this to be like from Pam's perspective protecting Pam blah 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 those like scenes of them like slow motion fucking 
with like the champagne spraying everywhere. Like in the first episode, that montage of them like fucking all around the hotel and like all over everywhere they go. What's mm-hmm. that for? Who's that for? Cause it's still like their prosthetic boobs on what's her name. But like, I'm sorry. What's that scene for? If not for just like a bunch of guys to be like, this is hot as hell. Right. It's totally, it's, I mean, it's completely built for the male gaze, this whole show. None of this is meant to like change anybody's perspective. It's to give people the Wikipedia of this relationship, a very, very watered down short telling of it. That's like not accurate at all. It's so like overacted. I feel like you can really like feel Sebastian Stan, like thirsting for a Grammy or an Emmy, whatever. What's the TV one Emmys? (laughs) I feel like it really, like, you can see in his eyes him being like, I am nailing this role. (laughs) And it's like, ew. (laughs) Also, something I want to say about the memoir that's shocking is he very casually brings up drugs and alcohol. Like, he does not acknowledge that they had any, like, part in his, and he'll say, like, we were doing heroin right on stage. We were doing coke all day and coming down with Jack Daniels. But then he says it like once or twice, like a funny, like the way that somebody would talk about like a crazy frat party they went to one time. Like, oh, when we were in college, you know, we would drink like a thousand shots and like be so hungry the next day. But he was like on drugs the entire time and he never acknowledges it. He never mentions that like there might be a problem. At one point, it seems like he went to rehab and got sober, but he barely mentions that. I mean, Ashley read Nikki Six's book. Nikki Six like was dead at one point and came back to life from heroin. He was dead for two minutes. And I think the most important thing that's left out is his bandmates were told that it went out on the radio that he died. Oh, right. Yeah, they announced it. Yes. So like, whether or not he was dead for like a couple minutes, and he literally only lived because the paramedic was like, a Motley Crue fan and was like we have to keep trying shit and like stabbed him with adrenaline but like um anyway it went out on the radio that he was dead imagine being in a band you played a show that night you find out that you're like that Nikki Six died your bandmate is dead they don't know for I mean, a couple hours I mean like an oldest friend right yes and this and didn't like, attack you at all and they it doesn't know for, in the book. like even if, even if for minutes you think someone is dead, I think it was hours before they find out that he actually was in the hospital and like in the ICU or whatever. Like imagine if someone called me and was like, hey, Claire died. And even if 20 seconds later, they were like, oh, never mind, that was our bad, a different Claire. Sorry, my bad. I would like those 20 seconds, like what would you fucking do? <laughs> also just I, like the fact that they, I mean, I know that this is completely beside the point, but like, those years of his life when he was like a full-blown like drug addict crackhead and they're living (laughs) I mean honestly that's what I was gonna say okay you tell your thing and then I have something to say well they're like living in this like completely dilapidated like crack house where like the floor is moving because there's so many rats and bugs underneath their carpet and there are women that just like slide in through their windows and like fuck them while they're sleeping and passed out and shit and then people are passed out all over the house like he was a full-blown like crackhead and I know it's only episode six they they're just getting to Pam's origin story by the way so they just got to like Playboy she went to the Playboy mansion they're presenting the Hugh Hefner stuff and they literally were like Hugh Hefner was this guardian angel this old man that came into her life gave her a wink ding gave her some amazing advice in one of the wings of the house and now she's a Playboy angel. She's one of one of Hef's darlings. And it's just this big, giant, beautiful love story. How weird is it that she definitely fucked Hef? Like, okay. I'm going to- like, no, this is- Yes, sorry, say your thing. No, no, you, you go I also, it. wait, can I say really wait, quick actually, one thing? <laughs> hold on. This is besides the point, but I think the most shocking thing I've ever learned in my life from these memoirs is that the Playboy bunnies- thought the public didn't think they had sex they like all have this front that they're like who knows what happens behind closed doors but it's nothing and that we were they really thought that was a big reveal that they were fucking having we were all like yeah we know (laughs) what do you think he's paying you for we didn't think he was paying you because you were writing copy you weren't like (laughs) you weren't running socials i was gonna say it's so funny to me the way that they're like oh this is like a redemption story for pam and also hef (laughs) He also deserves a quick nod. You know, people people have been talking bad about him lately. Right. I was like, oh, okay. So this is a moment where they're finally going to get a little, because like they also, I remember reading about how um, her ex-boyfriend, the guy that they presented in the show, uh, in her origin story, they're doing like the Labatt Blue thing and all of that stuff. And they were like, 
they showed her boyfriend and he's like a little abusive or whatever, but like not really. And I remember reading in um, whatever that when she got the call to do Playboy, he was throwing knives at her. Like he had literally taken out the drawer of silverware because he was like beating her up as she got the call. And she accepted the call while he was throwing, literally throwing knives at her. And then the show, they're just like, it's like a one second thing where she's like dating this kind of asshole. And he's like, I don't want the, the world see my girlfriend's tits. And she's like, and then he, she leaves and he's like, where are you going? And she's like, America. I'm just like, what, what am I, what show? It's like a Simpsons parody of a celebrity's life. I'm like, what show am I watching? That's the thing is that she has an incredible story and there yes. is a compassionate like smart, interesting way to tell that story about a woman. And like, I think that this is actually like right now with the Playboy revival, the Girls Next Door revival, I think that this is an important story to tell of these women who feel like pick your poison, be abused at home or abused in the public. It's your sexuality yeah. either way, but like, are you going to have the money or are you going to like, you know what I mean? Is it going to be one person at home or is it going to be everybody online? Where is your power going to come from or who's going to take your power? And I think that that's like a really interesting conversation to have especially like you look at like an Emily Ratajkowski book like my body like who when a woman uses her sexuality to capitalize on it and become rich like who still has the power and that is a very good story for today and that especially with the rise of the internet like that is a compelling interest especially when you look at here's this woman who's dealing with some of like the highest geopolitical people in the world like she is an interesting person and the way that they've reduced her to just like this slut who's so nice who could have been your first grade teacher like just like a you know what I mean it's just like very first grade teacher yeah. She's the first one t-shirt with just the biggest set of cans that can't be denied. And I am so mad. And the other thing I wanted to say before I forget again is we have it on very good, very good source that Tom, Tommy Lee and that dumb bitch Vine girl who I know is getting abused. Did you watch American Meme? No. Okay. Well, everything you need to know about Tommy Lee, you learn from that woman. She was like on the verge of ending her life. And then she's like, but I got a boyfriend and it's Tommy Lee. And now we're really happy. And I'm like, I know it's bad for you guys. I heard that they're just fucked up all day. They're just like absolutely drug addict alcoholics together. Just like I making think TikToks. You have to be in order to like build a life with Tommy Lee. Because he's, such, really, yeah. he's just like he such a, a self-admitted piece of shit. He is so self-obsessed, but he went and found that woman. And I was funny because- I, say, I, say, I made a joke about how like Heather Locklear wasn't mom enough and Pam was two moms. So like, what's the perfect in between? And he went and he mm. got a stepmom. What he wanted was yes. a, a stepmom with a rock hard body, no sense of self-worth and nothing else going on. A job that she could have or she could quit. She doesn't care. A job that she was, it quit her. Like Vine went away and she can't. And she got canceled. Yeah. Mostly just I was it, goes, it turns out making fun of cab drivers doesn't last forever. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the moment too where like they haven't gotten to it yet and I know that they they literally have to but I'm like the fact that they haven't even discussed yet that he knowingly gave her hepatitis the tattoo needle thing what is that how she got hepatitis oh yes I'm gonna, he gave I'm gonna her hepatitis I'm gonna read you a quote from how many how him. was he not in prison he went to jail for four months Listen, I we are anti-prison on our podcast, but there are certain people who are repeat offenders who every minute we let them be out in public are hurting more people. Listen, one of them. I saw a TikTok about what abolish prison actually means, and it doesn't mean literally abolish all prison. It means abolish the system where people are going to jail and having their entire lives ruined for like petty crimes and small scale things where there's a chance for rehabilitation. Tommy Lee should be in prison in like a post-abolished prison world he needs to be in a u.s he needs to be in a post-abolished prison u.s prison do you know what i mean like, i don't <laughs> want him in Indonesia. Yeah. i want him right back where he started he needs to be like a, a netflix documentary prison yes alcatraz yeah. <laughs> azkaban <laughs> this is a a quote from jane magazine so you know that it's like pretty fucking old but this is a pam <laughs> quote directly about her hepatitis she said, when we got married, we both had physicals and we had AIDS tests, AIDS tests and <clears throat> we had every kind of test that you can imagine. So we were going to tell each other what we had because we had just started our life together, what normal people do. And she said- I, I actually, can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah. I, 
have never heard of people getting married and then saying, now do a run a test. Like that's not what normal people do. Normal no, people I think they did it right before they got married. Cause I, in the book, they said that cause they were in Mexico, Mexico, like she was like, it was shocked. One of them in the book talks about how weird it was that Mexico requires such an intense physical before you can get married. This was so they a got, huge part of their, yeah. their wedding and they left it out of the show completely. Like yeah. they got, they were like, we're getting tattoos together before we leave the island basically. So they had a person come to their hotel room, but she said, it says Anderson tells Jane magazine. Um, and when Tommy did his blood work, the doctor told him, you have to, you have hepatitis C, you really need to tell Pam. And the next day the doctor saw Tommy. He said, did you tell Pam? Tommy said, yeah, I told her everything's cool, but he never told me. A tattoo artist came to our hotel because Tommy wanted a specific tattoo. He was doing his tattoo and I was looking through the art book and this guy brought that the guy brought. And I said, oh my God, oh, this is such a beautiful tattoo. Can I have one too? Anderson recalls and he goes, well, I only brought one needle, but you guys are married. I mean, there's nothing you could give each other, is there? And I was Who like, well, no. Who the fuck is this tattoo artist? And then Tommy goes, no, I got, he goes, I get the tattoo, time passed, or Tommy said no as well. So I get the tattoo, time passes, I get a physical, my doctor calls and says that I have hepatitis. He gave her hepatitis on their wedding day. Can I say something? I can't even deal with Tommy right now, but I need to talk about the Hulu documentary that was handed a script. Like if what you just read to me was almost too corny and too foreshadowing and too tragedy based to be real life. Their life was the script. Why did they not include, like, that was a give me, that was a gimme from Pam and Tommy's life. Why was that not included in the literal script version? That is the script Tommy's version. Show. It's a show. It's a Tommy show. Like it's Tommy and the Carpenter are the stars of the show. And it's, it's poppy fun. And everyone who thinks it's like, I don't know. Everyone who's like, it's just good old fun. And it's like, well, it's also someone's life that was put through the fucking ringer. I don't want to say ruins. Like, I think that Pam is doing well for herself, but like, Jesus I just Christ. can't believe that they went in and said somebody needs to be re somebody needs a fair shake in this world and it was the guy who sold the sex tape that's who deserves an image rehab that's who deserves compassion and I know that they're going I mean she just found out in the show that they're pregnant or whatever and <clears throat> they're gonna like get to them having kids but like there's no way that they're going to cover because not only did he abuse Pam, but Pam has been very open about the fact that as children, he was extremely abusive to their kids, like mentally. And he would do, cause he was in such a dark place that he would yeah. do all this really fucked up shit, like make them watch. Um, she said that he would make them watch hours of world trade center footage as kids, just over and over and over and over and over. Um, he would, read them stuff that people said about their mom being like a whore and a slut and he would show them interviews of people talking about her being a slut and like would tell them to call her a slut so that if they got in fights he'd be like you know like tell mommy what she is and they'd be like oh mommy's a whore or whatever and he also dangled one of I don't remember which kid it was but he, uh, they had like a hundred and they had a, a hundred and thirty pound Rottweiler, and he was mad at Pam one day for some dumb shit because she like wouldn't cook him something that he wanted or something, and he dangled the baby, in like above the dog, like in like a dog pit or something. At, at, like he was gonna feed their kid to his dog to piss off Pam. Like people don't understand. Tommy is not like a fun loving rock star. Like he's. He's a psycho. Demented, yeah. Like, he's sick. Oh, my God. Can you tell me what happened with that boy who died of the pool, though? Because, yes. So what happened there? Because I, like, fully bought... Because I was, like... The, the story he gave in the memoir was essentially that this boy was supposed to have a babysitter. The babysitter went and walked the babysitter's dog, and in that yeah. time, the boy died. And I was just like, I believe... Like, look, if that's what happened, that's what happened. Fair enough. That is tragic. Like... Yeah. But what happened? Is I there mean, any more... That is, in a nutshell, kind of what happened. He basically had given, um, their nannies basically had custody of their children when they were with him. Like, okay. their nanny was raising their kid with Pam, and Tommy had no idea what the fuck was ever going on. So this birthday party's happening. He had given the nanny, like, he's like, take care of it. 
figure it all out. So this nanny is like taking care of all these kids in the house. And yeah, a kid ended up drowning um, on their kid's birthday. Yeah. So he says that at the party, every kid had an adult chaperone. No. Okay. He told the nanny to basically watch the entire party. There was one yeah, nanny watching a party of yeah. chaperone and that the child's adult chaperone had chosen to go walk the dog and that's why that one child was unwatched for one minute no he gave the nanny responsibility to take care of all the kids at this party didn't do anything their best friend died at their house and he is and like and like pam has always said that he was so cruel about it to the kids after I mean, can you imagine how fucking traumatic that is their friend died on their fucking birthday at their house in their pool what the fuck it's just too much like I just I'm looking through my old Pam and Tommy Lee notes and it's honestly just like page after page of like Pam in court testifying all the shit that he did to her and the judge being like you're not meant for this world that's what that's the thing is when he said and like I didn't do you know we read the books I don't do a ton of background info but I can tell when something's fishy and I was Mm. like you don't call the police on a man for kicking you in the butt once. Right. Yeah. That's not, especially not when you have two children, especially not when you're a public figure. And he made it out. He's like, especially she's- not when he's on probation. Oh, I mean, right. you know, the way he talks about the memoir. So he breaks probation and he bl- blames Pam. Cause they, he goes, we drank together one time. Cause I thought we were going to make it work and we were in the hot tub. And then of course she used that silver bullet and nailed me with it in court when she was mad later. As if she held his mouth open and made him drink alcohol. You're a grown fucking man. It is your job to know what probation is. Like, and also, the- can I say another thing? Is he yeah. said the reason? So the the reason he's initially on probation is because he beat up that photographer. That he says. So right after their kid was born, they decide to have a night out at the town. They go to the Viper Room. He like throws a photographer, and the photographer mm. like shatters his pelvis. And he's like, it was just downhill, and so he fell after I pushed him. And it's like, right. okay. You beat the shit out of a photographer. He ends up and he gets on probation. So he, his whole thing is like, I was on probation because I was protecting Pam. Then when she called the police on me after I kicked her in the bum, they found guns at my house, which I'm not allowed to have on probation. And that is why he went to jail. The guns were illegal, by the way. And he goes, nobody told me I couldn't have guns. And it's just that the kinds of guns he had anyway were illegal. And I was like, mm, Tommy... I would think, that I, what are you getting like a public defender? I think you have a lawyer who told you what your probation was. You're an adult man. You should have asked. You should have said, is there anything I shouldn't do? And they probably would have said, have a ton of guns. Okay. So I thought his book was actually quite bad. And now that I'm understanding more of the backstory, it was actually deeply creative. It was very creative. And it was all <laughs> like, it was like mostly written by him pondering in jail too. Yeah. You know what but I mean? I think the way that he includes all these real events, but like weaves his own story between them is like a little impressive. He really fancies himself like Nelson Mandela or like um Malcolm X. I think he thinks he's like the white Malcolm X that he like went to jail and he really found himself and he has like peace now. <laughs> and so he's right. like he gives examples of nine self-help books that he recommends that you guys, that people read. And I'm like, yeah. me, help me, you help you. Right, like, are you fucking kidding me? Self-help advice from Tommy Lee? Like, I don't, I don't think so. Um, he, oh my God, he should be in jail forever. His kids hate him to this day, right? Oh yeah, they hate him. And, you know, they have every right to. Like, he's just publicly been such he a He was abusing them. He was abusing them. He watched, they watched them, they watched him abuse their mom, like, privately and in public like they're basically their entire life and the irony there is in his book he's like I always try to take the high road and I never would say anything bad about Pam in the public but Pam had a vendetta to just smear me publicly that's all she wanted to do was and she goes of course if one person is telling their side of the story the other person's gonna look guilty and he really acts like he was like abstaining like he was freaking Kim Kardashian out there right up her little story no comment Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the other thing that I thought was really weird that they decided to like, it was just a weird detail, but there was there was a scene where they show them going to the hospital because Pam is like having um, like stomach pains. And yeah. in real life, she did have a moment where she thought she was like going to lose the baby. Um, so he rushed her to the hospital and they changed what happened where they were like, oh, Pam like got out of the car and got so frustrated that she took like, 
um a 90s what were those things called that you put in your steering wheel a club oh yeah to like so that nobody could like those steering wheel lock thingies yeah she took one of those and like hit a paparazzi's car with it but like the actual story was that the paparazzi they were in an ambulance and the paparazzi there were so many photographers swarming them that they almost swerved them off the road and they almost flipped the ambulance why change that why change that like if you're telling a story about how unfair this woman's story, uh, uh, how unfair this woman's story has been publicly, I would say one of the most unfair things is that she's pregnant, thinks that she's losing her kid, and the paparazzi already flipped her a mis- ambulance. Right, and she already suffered a miscarriage, exactly. so she had every right to be afraid. And they took that out. Why? Why? It's like I don't. I don't understand the logic and I will say just to play devil's advocate because we've been so immensely negative the entire time and I think that that's fine but just to play devil's advocate there have of course have been worse you know celebrity stories on television oh yeah this one is not by any means the worst and it's not the most disrespective uh that in my opinion I'm not going to speak for you guys but like there have been some pretty fucking horrific ones especially on Lifetime Um, oh yeah so like I will say that, and I will say that one of the positives is like the prosthetics are really good. Oh like, yeah, oh my God. Makeup makeup is amazing. Amazing. Well, can I say? But that's what makes it worse to me is that this isn't some lifetime shitty version. This is something that's really like thinks it's doing something. And right. I mean, I think Ashley's right. Like I think they think that they're all gonna walk away with Emmys. This is gonna be a Lily James breakout role. For like, sure, isn't everybody impressive? And for them to have in the writers' room avoided actually compelling interesting storylines and character traits and like personalities to go for this very boring antiquated storyline of asshole guy a slut with a heart of gold the poor guy who's smarter than you think and is just trying to get his fair chance because his parents i'm sorry but the way that men think that their parents getting a divorce is like a carte blanche for the rest of their fucking life everybody's (laughs) divorced i don't care that your parents were divorced that doesn't mean you can do revenge porn on people right and also i will say um in terms of that her beating the car scene like her like vandalizing that car mm-hmm. i think that what they think i think what they're actually showing is that pam and tommy had met their match with each other like i think that they're showing that they were like like an absolute rock and roll couple like she's just as rock as she as he is and so it almost makes it like almost minimizes the abuse because it's like, well, she acts out too. And it's like, what the fuck? Right. I think what they needed to show, and like this is obviously me projecting, but as like kind of a memoir expert, because this is something we see with women a lot, is celebrity women are known for a quick turnaround marriage. And I feel like what a good show would have explained is how isolating and lonely and scary it is to become such a famous person. And I think if they could have explained the situation, like, and was she coming out of a bad breakup? Like when she met him? Yeah. yeah. I think like you look at someone like Naya Rivera, who um, had gotten married very quickly. You look at somebody like Britney Spears, who got married. A lot of these women want to prove that somebody loves them quickly like they're so hurt and damaged I think and they're like if you can make a contract that says you'll love me forever that would be very helpful and I think if they could have showed it from like that's how she got into that relationship but instead they acted like they were just two sluts who met and loved to fuck but that's there's like an emotional depth to like how she got there in the first place in the first episode that scene where he's like do you like are you ready to meet him about his dick and she's like yeah yeah what I actually, to be honest with you, like I've always been very endeared to Pam Anderson and I've always loved her a lot. But when I did an episode on her, the thing that really made me like, I, I think it's one of the only episodes I've ever cried when I was doing research. Cause I was like, I can't believe all this stuff happened to this woman that is just so fucking nice and sweet. And you know, it just was so awful. But the thing that really made me feel connected to her was her, like the story of how she became that person. And like, the fact that she had only really been with abusive men and that she was really smart, but like didn't think that she was allowed to speak up and, you know, they're trying to tell it, but it's just done in such a, like a, like a shitty way. You know what I mean? But yeah, like Pam had only dated shitty guys. Her first sexual experience was an assault. Like it's, it's a, it was a real like blinko of horrible things that led to her meeting this guy and, you know, that sort of determined, like, her career. The fact that she had 
been subjected to all this abuse before she became famous. That breaks my heart. Can you explain? Didn't she recently get married very quickly? Yeah, she did, but I don't know as much about her current relationship. Yeah, because she's so proud. That was the one now. thing that makes me so sad. I'm just like, God, like these things, these traumas are so deep that they can't be fixed. And I think she has a better life. And I think she has found like much like she has better outlets for like her intelligence and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you just think yeah. that like there's only so many years of abuse you can take before it's un- undoable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, plus I think that she's so self-aware and she's so smart that she knows that for a woman who's painted herself into the corner that she's been painted into, a celebrity-wise, it's like she only has so many more years until they start to turn that narrative where it's like, it's just not, it, either way, it's not a good outcome for her. You know what I mean? As a, a former, in quotes, sex symbol who like, yeah people have never really respected you know what I mean it's like she's better off just saying fuck Hollywood like I'm proud of her for being like oh no me too I meant like personally like I don't think that her I don't think she'll ever have like a normal oh no I'm I'm agreeing with yeah. you I agree with you yeah yeah, yeah totally. no I want her out of the public eye forever I wish she would Absolutely. marry a man who owned a hardware store in like Washington That's how I feel about all these women I'm just like actually Hollywood is bad and like fame is bad like Britney Spears everyone who's like so stoked on this book deal like I'm not stoked on the book deal I don't want she doesn't owe us a story and I don't like want her to open her life up to that kind of scrutiny right I get that. do you know what I mean like I get it obviously if she wants to tell her story I'm like ex- I'm happy for her and like I'm obviously fucking gonna read it but like right. if she feels like she has to do this she doesn't and I don't want her to feel any sort of like she has to do this I always say I feel like Matt Damon and um Goodwill Hunting when you know he does that monologue to Ben Affleck where he's just like every day or which whoever the smart one I hope to come to your door and knock and you're not there because like I I don't know what I'm doing but that's why I feel about Brittany like we always say like every day we hope to log on and she's just deleted her account and she's just (laughs) a quiet life with whatever paid gay actor whatever like you know what I mean I'm just like every day I hope that you get peace and can just leave and I, no. I won't come find you I'll let you go <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. and we'll we'll all be been like knocking on the door like wanting to go get a beer and like wondering where like the house is empty like, like where is she and like, and, like did it yeah. bumping cooches somewhere <laughs> yeah. no it's true I mean I don't I don't know what else I'm sorry for anybody listening to this that thought it was going to be positive because it's like I just <laughs> I care too much about this woman to watch this story be told this way. And like, I know that, you know, it's fun. It, I'm not going to say that it's not like a fun pop culture I get the appeal. It's and glittery. Her hair looks great. Yeah. Her looks so good. Oh my God. Like the, it's visibly really appealing. It's a big shiny thing, you know? And I get that. And it's fun to watch. And like, it is, it's a very sort of like MTV pop culture kind of story. Yes. And like, I mean, anytime cool. you've got mansions and rock stars and fucking and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's exciting. Find, you got to find the guy. Where did the guy disappear to? Who did the bad thing? Like, yeah, I would just say that if you do have interest in this or if it's like sparked your interest, like, please do not stop at this movie. The real yeah. story is so much more interesting. So much like Pam is such a better if you think that the show is doing a good job of painting Pam Anderson or you care about her or whatever I promise you there are better versions of Pam Anderson's story out there and they're mostly told by her and yeah I would just seek out better info I guess I think like what really is so upsetting for me is that she has been willing to talk this is not a woman whose story will never be known this is not a woman who took her secrets to the grave this is a woman who has very courageously like come out and explained what has happened to her and fought for herself and fought in the courts and like gone out and open she didn't need to tell anyone she had hepatitis that could have been a secret and she came out and she said how it happened and the fact that that's like negligible to the people telling her story is so damning and awful to me and it's just like she's not old like she's you know what I mean? Like, they're still at a pretty prime time in her life. Like, I feel like to be like, who will tell Pam's story? Me, Seth Rogen. Like, he created right. it. He produced it. Him and his, like, production house. Like, fuck off. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, yeah, Pam is, like, so open about this stuff. And she must be thinking in her head, like, 
well, yeah, the reason I don't support this story being told is because I've tried to tell it and you guys are still not fucking interested in the real story. You still also, want this bullshit story, like version of it. She probably knew that they were going to tell it not in the way she wanted to, in a way that was like a glittery makeup first show. Like this show mm-hmm. was about the costumes first and like, and then it's about the costumes, then Seth Rogen's character and then Tommy Lee and then Pam. Yeah. And yeah, and Pam saying ridiculous stuff like, like, this is harder for me because I'm a woman. You'll never understand. And that's them doing the the work. Yeah. <laughs> the modern retelling of this 90s tale. It's like, get over yourself. <laughs> um, well, I don't know if I have anything else to add about this movie, to be honest with you. Can I say one final thing? This is not about Pam and Tom at all. Sure. But <laughs> this is I, it vaguely ties in because I keep thinking about like who survives Hollywood and nobody who survives is good. And I look at Reese Witherspoon and I'm really mad at her these days. Okay. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon, I always thought she was so sweet, so smart, hardworking, like came in and is successful. And now that she's in this like NFT scam and I'm like, oh, she's a money hungry psychopath. Mm-hmm. And that DUI she got was the real her. And do you look <laughs> yeah. at her, the I love Pam- that DUI thing. When everyone Pam was like, how crazy smart. is it that she was like, like when everyone's like that bitch pulling, do you know who I am? I'm like, I don't know. She's Reese Witherspoon. I think if I got a DUI and I was, she's drunk. <laughs> right. She's getting a DUI. <laughs> like, I don't know. But but I agree that the NFT scan turned me on her. The drunk, the DUI incident didn't turn me on her. But the it, NFT it, thing did. I'm just saying, but like you look like Reese isn't smarter than Pam, but Reese is, to use your word, rotted, I think. I think like yeah. nobody good can survive. It makes me yeah. wonder what the fuck with Jen Aniston. I bet she is eating blood. And to be honest with you, like for Pam, you know, if you compare her to somebody, any actress really, if you compare her to like Reese, it's like Pam Anderson is somebody who has made, she, her, her, her likeness is so iconic, right? Like her image, her voice, her hair, her boobs, her eyebrows, like physically she is herself a pop culture phenomenon. Just her her presence and it's like she's somebody who can't like get lost in characters she's basically spent her entire career like fighting and also like playing a version of herself and like that's so hard you know well, what I, mean? I would say I was just saying to someone today that people like the this is Paris documentary really like helped me put my finger on like what is her talent and people say oh like the Kardashians don't have talent Paris doesn't have talent Pamela doesn't have to, what their talent is, and I think specifically what Paris's talent is, that she has this ability to dissociate as a superpower in a way to withstand absolute hatred that would crush a normal person. I get two mean comments in a week and I'm out for the month. These people have this way of splitting themselves and that is like a skill akin to anything else. Like it is an emotional skill that no normal person can or should have. Like I almost think it's like, I think it's like sick to be able to do it. Like I don't think it's good, but- they haven't been able to capitalize that because anybody else would have been destroyed. And like, that's the pair. I feel like that's the Paris skill. That's the, uh, the able, the ability to be yourself and have it like mirrored, but still read as authentic and still mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not just like yeah. die. I agree with that. Whitney Cummings talks about that a lot. And she's, it's like, it's a direct response, I think, to trauma, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. like you're to be able to yeah. assist, to disassociate to that extreme is like, not like we shouldn't be able to like hold our brains like a balloon you know what I mean I mean to be able to absorb that many body hits and say that's not like I'm still like to be able to take it on like that is like an illness but they have been able to take that illness and capitalize and got if that's not what the United States is about then I don't know what we're doing here (laughs) you're right yeah turn it into a superpower that's completely right now it's their x-man thing yeah exactly (laughs) yeah Well, thank you guys so much for coming on to talk to me about this and ranting with me. Thank you for having us. Thank I, you I for mean, educating us on the evils of Tommy Lee. Like I suspected, but I could have never guessed because I'm not evil. So I don't like assume people are beating up their pregnant wives and stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Totally. Absolutely. Fair. Well, tell people where they can find both of you and your podcast and everything that you have going on right now. We are Celebrity Memoir Book Club everywhere. The memoir is key. Um, <laughs> we're the purple yeah. one. I'm Claire the Scare on Instagram and TikTok. And I'm Ashley Ham with three M's on Instagram and Twitter. And then Ashley Ham six on TikTok. Three M's still though, but then a six at the end. (laughs) Great, great branding.
I'm sorry. No, <laughs> it was fun. I, uh, <laughs> I, it, I can't me. believe someone came into TikTok early. Like I, I mean, I joined that late, and someone had Ashley Ham three M's already. Like fuck off. You're like four M's, five, <laughs> six. How many uh, M's do I need? Uh, <laughs> well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will see you next week, and bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.